previously on Kawaii Fi Quest. What is anime? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> well, we're off on our adventure again. Yeah, the king really wasn't very happy with us, even after we explained what anime was. I think that actually made things worse, you know. Really? What was it he said again? You get one more chance, heroes. One more. And I'll be sending you one of my most trusted advisors to keep an eye on you. 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 Sorry. Is he still here? Maybe. I wonder who this advisor will be. Well, apparently, we'll be meeting them in this town shortly. What? Here? In Mura Village? This town we've been staying in for the past fortnight? Good segue. Wait, isn't Mura the Japanese word for village? So it's village, village? Well, I don't know what I expected. Yeah. go help? Well, I've got to get my dragon from the stable if I'm going to fight. Can we maybe skip this one? But Coco, people are dying. Monsters are attacking. We should go and watch. I hope you're all ready for this. I was born ready. I'll get snacks. It's over 9,000! Configure the language logic interface for Japanese. Kawaii Fi. Kawaii Fi. Kawaii Fi Radio. Konnichiwa, and welcome to a new episode of Kawaii Fi Radio, the podcast where we look into the world of anime and manga. I'm your host, Kyle, and joining me are my super dodgy co hosts, Coco <laughs> and Kenny. How are you two doing? And th- this, th- you might be wondering why I'm calling them dodgy, and it's to do with a discussion we've been having about one of this season's shows. Yeah, we've yes. been talking about African No Salary Man, which has finally dropped, and it's not short form. Oh, it's, it's amazing! Form, it, and we, we did mention that we thought it might be short form because of the previous run, but no, it's full twenty-two minute episodes. And we spammed a good what two or three episodes? Yeah, it's a good two straight up. And uh, oh man, this is great! It's like a really, really visceral. Slightly more mature version of Agritsuko. It's fantastic. Mm. Mm. I was saying that I feel like the... Because um, the, the, the you've animation... watched Agritsuko, haven't you? I, I, tr- I watched maybe an episode. I just couldn't get into it. Mm, um, that's fair. But I should probably give it another go because yeah. it may have depended on whatever, you know, what, what whatever mindset I was in at the time. Maybe mm. I wasn't ready for Agritsuko. Well, I mean, Agritsuko is a Western production and, you know, this is obviously a Japanese production. So mm. very different art styles and approaches. Very similar story, though. It's uh, animals working in uh, office buildings. Mm. Yeah, which is where we got in trouble last time because we're trying to... Because in one of these episodes... Mm-hmm. Um, there's a pig. There's character. a pig who's got a pet pig, yeah. and that led us down a question of ethics, which led, yeah. led us to a very interesting <laughs> conclusion, which we are not going to repeat here well, yeah, because it's wrong. <laughs> the whole thing is that uh, there was a feud between a pair of uh, artists I follow on social media about uh, like animal people that have animal pets. It's just what does it say about the rules of the world that mm. you're setting up in that? It's, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Either way, the three main characters in this show are fantastic. I'm a big fan of um, the big cat. Uh, yes, oh, the lion. Lion so Sam. Um, but the two can can die fan. in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of the of um, the lion's daughter. Oh, yeah. She is a live wire. Which we didn't pick up on the connection to no, until, until like, the, the second end. episode. Yeah, yeah, it's like there's episode. an altercation between the toucan salaryman, the lizard salaryman, and two schoolgirls, one of which is a young lion and on a train. And one which is a gorilla. Turns out that lion is the big cat's daughter. The, their boss's <laughs> daughter. And yeah, that wasn't really made explicit. We sort of figured it out through pseudo-detective work of just watching the show and going, hey, there's a connection. <laughs> yeah, a very obvious connection. <laughs> yeah, the toucan is proper dastardly to he, he oh, He's um, I, I wonder if that's actually based person. off on animal behaviour well, from toucans. Toucans are very cheeky. Yeah? Yeah. Mm, well, there we go. And they are funny birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- this all got us questioning because there was an episode where there was a group date, I think Yeah, it was. like a meet. A mixer. A That's mixer, what they call it. Yeah. A mixer. And um, the, the two, it was all two cans on yeah, one side. Like there's the two can and his 
dastardly, it equally will, dastardly friends. Yeah, so the four, four toucans on one side and then, you know, four mixed animals on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them being a pig. And everyone was acting as if the pig was the pig so girl she who's wasn't, like She wasn't daughter. speaking, was yeah, she? She no. was just like... Chowing down. Yeah, and then oh, yeah. The, the punchline being is that said pig is actually the pet pig of, of the pig girl. Of the pig girl who couldn't make it <sighs> to the mixer. So, yeah, that, that's that's a great twist, and the toucan gets exactly what it so, deserves. Yeah. Now, speaking of pets, we should yeah. talk about our second favourite entry, Kimoko Michi, Rise Up. Oh, oh So great. this is Isekai Wrestling, written by the guy who created Konosuba. It's amazing, and I love every bit about it. And they get, the mo- they get all of the movements right. Like, the mm. suplex is just animated perfectly. Oh, it is. And it's using... A lot of the camera angles that you'd see in professional wrestling it as is. well. It is. So I'm loving this. I, I just think I he's love so like um. I, it's not much of a spoiler, but in the second episode, he ends up wrestling um an orc. And yeah, it does. was it's literally was like watching a pay-per-view show like oh, the way great. it was looked at and the way people were reacting to it and you know you could just imagine putting some commentary over it and like oh that's god oh my god he's going in for a suplex yeah. <laughs> suplex city oh i may have an idea oh, no. for the next kawaii fight i quest. think we might have to do that <laughs> yes. um but Look, th- this is a show that if you've enjoyed Konosubar and you like the sort of gag manga style where they take mm. something and then completely kind of shift it a little bit off kilter, a you'll enjoy it. slight subversion, yes. I also found out, actually, that the main voice actors sing the opening theme as well, <laughs> um, which suddenly makes awesome. a lot of sense because it's like it's, it's a wrestling-style mm. theme. And so. even if you've never seen pro wrestling, which... I, I, I highly you recommend you. No, I think everyone should have a look. Oh no, it is I'm, it is knocked a lot because it's, oh, but it's, it's sports about the entertainment. But yeah. yeah, like what these people go through is like there's nothing short of amazing. And this guy might be your perfect introduction to it. <laughs> might okay. be actually yes. Well, e- either way, you don't have to have seen wrestling to appreciate it. I no, think that's the key don't. point here. It's it's pretty hilarious, and you've got this big you know buff guy who's. All obsessed with having animals, and he's in a world where there's demon animals, oh, and, and people hate them and want to hunt them down, and he feels so terrible about that. Yeah, so, so he beats like, them up. He he doesn't beat the animals up. He no, beats the people, beats the people up. up. <laughs> yeah, he keeps on like I don't know sending he, them into walls. He did suplex um, a Cerebus, so and then yeah, but that, cuddled it. And, that was yeah. just yeah. part of the the, <laughs> the domination sort of thing. And then <laughs> yeah, once they it, the Cerberus <laughs> understood. That he was the dominant, that the alpha. It was like, ah, oh, uh-huh. scratch my belly. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. which then brings us to one that everyone's been waiting on and they've done a great job of it. My Hero Academia, the fourth season yeah. of Yo. this yeah. nonstop train of fun is back. And, and it's, it's oh. still got all the heart right in the right place. It does. So I, I do have to mention, though, the first episode of the new season is not actually from the manga. This is oh. a completely original episode. Oh. oh, wow. And I wonder if that is because they ne- they realise some people might be coming on board on that first episode and don't know who all the characters are or their abilities. Oh. Um, you know, so that that's why there's the introduction of who's in each seat and what their abilities are and mm. their interactions. I liked That'd that be because some of the minor characters that you don't get to see so often, I was like... What do they do again? Mm-hmm. It looked like um, the the guy who can create, like, get tape out of his elbows. I oh, had wondered yeah, yeah. what that was. Like, it looked like sellotape, and obviously yeah. his name. Sell- I just wanted it to be confirmed. That's all. <laughs> that is the one charming thing I love about this show is you get a bunch of heroes, and you're like, okay, this is the top class for like superheroes in a world of superheroes. What are these guys with these weird little quirky mm. quirks doing here? But then when you actually see them in action, you're like, oh, that's really clever. They, they really do think out the way the characters are actually going to behave and how they're going to mm. utilise those quirks. I mean, they it's do. probably one of the most diverse, like, ability-wise show I've seen. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong, I, I read a lot of Marvel comics. And when you see, like, them, you kind of go, okay, there's a lot of, you know, repeat and copy-paste and, you know, similar abilities. This one just goes completely, you know, These abilities the can be anything. Mm-hmm. There is a guy who can create camera lenses anywhere on his body, for example. Yeah, which is like, the, the, you will the first never, episode I don't season. think you'll ever see that anywhere else. No, you will not. Yeah. And there's other people who've got abilities which would be considered completely useless. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, okay, how do they utilise that? And then, whoa, you did that with that? It's trust the trust Japan to take the whole superhero genre 
and just twisted in a way we could never see coming. Yeah, it's brilliant. No, but I mean, we should probably talk about what we're doing this episode because we yes. are getting closer to a certain time of the year. Oh, There's it's... pumpkins and creaky decorations are filling the shops again and that means Halloween is on the horizon. Yes! Wait, what's this? It's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> okay, Kenny, um, this, this is a Christmas and... Put the kazoo down, damn it. <laughs> you know what? If Coles can start putting out Christmas decorations during Halloween, we can claim that this is a Halloween carol. And I'm going to do just that. <laughs> Halloween, carol. Halloween carol. I'm starting a thing. This is a thing. I'm doing it. Halloween right. cannot carols. stop me. Okay, well, Japan right. might not celebrate Halloween in the same way as it is in the US, but many of the unique occult characters we associate with Halloween have ended up as part of the anime scene. Now, this is from zombies and werewolves to demons and gods. There's no shortage of these series featuring ideas which do have those roots in Western horror. And for this Halloween special, we're talking about one of the most well-known and sometimes overused tropes in the business. The bloodsuckers, the creatures of the nights, the crypt dwellers of society. Lawyers! Uh, no, <laughs> this episode <laughs> is all about vampires. Uh, close. Right well, after the news. Pretty much the same thing. <laughs> Making headlines. Really? Anime News Lupin meets Godzilla and big news for Studio Ghibli fans. This is Kawaii Fi Anime News. The list of animated films being considered for next year's animated feature film at the Academy Awards have been unveiled with four Japanese productions making the list. Makoto Shinkai's Weathering With You and Studio Trigger's Promare have both been included on the list of 32 films alongside the likes of Toy Story 4, How To Train Your Dragon 3 and Disney's Frozen 2. Joining this year's big hitters are last year's Oko's Inn by Madhouse and Studio 4 Degrees C's Children of the Sea, both of which saw success in Japanese cinemas and had international releases. The extensive list will be cut to just five films in time for the 92nd Academy Awards for February next year. The official Twitter account for Toho's Godzilla franchise have shared an image featuring a crime notice from Lupin III, claiming the thief will steal the treasure of Godzilla. The three metre tall statue of Godzilla is inspired by 2016's Shin Godzilla film, with Lupin claiming in anime fashion that he'll make his move on the big kaiju's 65th birthday on November the 3rd. The event is part of a promotional campaign for the upcoming CG film, Lupin the Third, the First, which is being distributed by Toho in December this year, though exactly what will happen on November the 3rd is unclear. Staying with the Lupin franchise, a new TV special will premiere on November 29th, titled Lupin the Third, Prison of the Past. The special will focus on the Lupin gang infiltrating the kingdom of Dorente to rescue a famous gentleman, Feath, from prison. It's been reported the special will take on a more comedic tone of the second Lupin the Third series, which ran from 1977 to 1980 and known colloquially as the Red Jacket series. Broadcast of the season's Isekai series, The Hero is Overpowered but Overly Cautious, has been delayed by a week due to circumstances related to production advancement. The delay was announced through the anime's website, with the series' second episode being repeated in place of its third episode. The series is set to continue its broadcast schedule, with the third episode airing on October 23rd. Heading to the bookshelves, Jun Mayazuki is launching a new manga project this November, following the end of her series After the Rain earlier this year. The new series, titled Kowloon Generic Romance, will appear in Shueisha's weekly Young Jump magazine on November the 7th. The promotional material features a short-haired girl with glasses in a blue and white Chinese-style dress having a smoke. And after 23 years, the Pocket Monsters manga is coming to an end. Based on the Pokemon game franchise, the series by Kosaku Anukobu ended on October 15th in Kurokuro Comics, finishing off its Sun and Moon story arc. Unlike the animated series, the comedy manga followed Red and his Clefairy, who could communicate in human speech. But while this manga is ending, Pokemon is getting a new manga running in the same magazine starting November 15th also titled Pocket Monsters. There's been no word on the author or team behind the new manga of the same name, taking over the exact same spot in the magazine as the prior series, but the art style of the announcement for the new series is suspiciously similar to Kosaku Arukubu's now-ended series, so we'll see what happens there. 
In dub news, Isekai Wrestling Anime Kimono Michi is receiving an English dub with the translation appearing on Funimation starting this Wednesday. The series is based on the manga written by Akatsuki Natsumo, also known for Konosuba and Isekai Quartet. And finally, HBO Max and US anime distributor G-Kids have announced the entire Studio Ghibli film library will be heading to the streaming service in 2020. It's the first time the renowned studio's films have been available on any streaming platform and will launch the new HBO streaming service in spring in the Northern Hemisphere. Oddly, the announcement came only two days after G-Kids had told that Studio Ghibli had no plans to stream its films on any platform. And that's your anime news for the week ending October 20, 2019. Well, I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to Ghibli changing their mind. I mean, how many times has Miyazaki said he was going to retire? <laughs> how many times has Miyazaki actually retired? That's a fair yeah. point. Um, I can't wait for Miyazaki Jun's new... Uh, release. Mm. I loved After the Rain, and I still yeah. haven't read all of it because. Well, we've only um, got up to I think Volume Five in the English translation mm. now, so it's uh, such a beautifully told story. Mm. But that ended uh, in March this year, so the new one should be out next month, and mm. um, it looks like it's going to be a more mature story as far as the character age goes, okay. as opposed to high school girls. These people do look like they're probably they're like adults. adults, like you know, in working environments or whatever. Okay. Nice. Well, it looks pretty cool I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited Cannot but wait. um lupin <laughs> he's pulling he up a daring heist what, what's, he, what's he going to nick again he says it's the treasure of godzilla um i okay, don't know so what my that mind means. just went somewhere very yes no, i'm I thought not gonna mention um, <laughs> his crown jewels <laughs> well, I, I'm wondering if it might be like an award potentially that the Godzilla franchise has won or oh. like a trophy or something like that. It's, it would be very much mm. in the sort of loop and trend to do something like that. What a fantastic kind of media stunt it would be if like a bunch of crazy cosplayers showed up in a Fiat just <laughs> running out of the building with a sack of some unknown treasure. Just with a yes. big dollar sign on it. Yes, running from like actual Tokyo police. This That would be amazing. <laughs> I feel like the marketing team has just outdone themselves I with this. I think they might actually do this. Oh, this is definitely this... what's going to happen. And I'm putting November the 3rd in my calendar. Anyone to wants eye to like fly us over there to cover the event live? <laughs> <laughs> just saying, we wouldn't say no. Smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> if you're listening, oh. Nippon Airways, we very much appreciate some all-expense return flights. Sponsor yes. us, please. Thanks, Taiho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do wonder what he's going to nick. Mm, I think it's going to be interesting. We'll find out and we'll let you know once we know. Oh, I can't Absolutely. It'll definitely be on our Facebook, that's for sure. I feel like it's going to go further than the Storm Area 51 thing. <laughs> Well, I mean, that, that did happen and it was an utter disappointment and a bit silly. <laughs> anyway, funny. on the note of aliens and the occult and strange, we do need to talk about vampires. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. Kauai Fire Radio. Anime History. So basically, whether they enjoy looking at crucifixes or not, <laughs> whether they run from garlic or whether not, whether they sparkle, whether they sparkle or not, <laughs> and also I've got a little bit of a fun fact: whether you can see one in a mirror or not, which you would be able to see these days because mirrors used to be made out of silver nitrate, but now they're made out of mercury. So a vampire will be visible in a modern day mirror. You now That's have learned a thing, cool. audience. Yeah, I don't see where the silver comes from. Well, well but we, we are looking at the origins of vampires in anime. Da, 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 yes. da. And uh, we have to, of course, go a little bit further back. Do we? Yeah. Oh, I would never have thought that. So of course, like that. Well, of well, course, this is a segment about anime history. This, yes, it, it is. It is. Um, obviously, ja the Japanese folklore doesn't have the same vampire as the Transylvanian folklore. Um, mm. But all around the world, there are myths and stories about spirits or undead or monsters that feed on the blood of the living. Funny how that actually happens, isn't it? Yeah. How there's a sort of a shared yeah. consensus of monsters, whether it's vampires or, or dragons. Yeah. Mm, or it's zombies like, as well, like exactly. the undead. There's and a shared kind of a mm. notion of this is a terrifying thing all around the world. Mm. I blame Robertson Crusoe. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, maybe the, bat, the vampire bats may have had something yeah. to do with this. Mm -hmm. um, so... But in Japanese folklore, a, a similar entity 
mm-hmm. to the Transylvanian vampire did exist. It was called the Nureona. It was actually a yokai with the head of a woman and the body of a snake. Ah. And it consumed humans using a long snake-like tongue. I must have seen that a thousand times in like Final Fantasy games and such. Yeah, they're scary looking. Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's it's appeared in anime films as well, which we'll get has, to later. Yes, it has. In some myths, she'd hand her unsuspecting prey a bundle that they'd think was a baby, but then it would become steadily heavier, preventing <laughs> them from running away, and she'd get them. It's a trap. <laughs> yes. Um. So Japanese. Anime didn't feature vampires until, well, from what I could tell in my research, the mid-80s. But Japanese live-action films did feature them earlier, and this came partly because of the success of uh, the Universal Studios vampire films with Bela Lugosi, and especially the British Hammer films, which starred, of course, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. So we're we're talking about all these retro films where, Mm, you know, your your old school 50s um, films where you had like, well, essentially what they were talking about in Michael Jackson's Thriller video clip. Absolutely. Where it's looking at those old school style films, the the horror ones. Yeah, it's Hammer horror films. You could run a podcast just on those. They are fantastic. Absolutely. Mm. And um, some of the live action Japanese vampire films they influenced. The oh, wait, w- wait. There were live action Japanese vampire films yes. from the 60s. The, the 50s. The 50s. So 1956 Whoa. is the first one because Hammer Films and uh, Universal, well, Universal Studios started their vampire films in 1931 with Dracula. Mm. Uh, Hammer Films followed uh, not too long after. And mm. um, yeah, the first Japanese film uh, that cited as containing a vampire is Kyoketsuki uh, Ga uh, which means vampire moth and it's about a professional artist model who's being stalked by a masked man um, the thing is so there was just the premise of a vampire, it's okay. not actually a supernatural being but three so years when it was called a moth uh, was he actually like dressed as a Mothman? To be honest, I couldn't really. I'm thinking find like Mothra. It was a it was a mask. The the man's mask looked similar, but I'm gonna have to watch this because I want to watch these. Mm. They sound great. Um, the same the director uh, Nobuo Nakagawa made an incredibly campy one oh, three okay. years later uh, called Lady Vampire, and then <laughs> in the seventies. D- influenced by Hammer Films, um, I, I have to mention these films, and like we'll, we'll get onto the anime soon. But these films just look campy as. So the first one was the Bloodthirsty Doll, <laughs> which has a few names renamed, renamed by US distribu- uh, distributors as the Vampire Doll or Legacy so of Dracula. Is it has this, nothing to do with Dracula. Does but it have anything to do with dolls? Well. I need to watch them to find out because not a lot could be found out so, through researching. Okay, okay, so we don't yeah. know if it's literally like Chucky, but it's a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> so the second one, uh, 1971, Bloodthirsty Eyes, renamed by US distributors again as Lake of Dracula. Did not, again, have Dracula, but anyway. Um, I think it's that obsession with US distributors with linking yes. anything vampire-based to Dracula because it's got that recognition. Yes. Pretty much. And, I mean, the third one, this is known as the Bloodthirsty Trilogy, and although it's marketed as a trilogy, they aren't connected. And the only similarity <laughs> they have is they all feature vampires. The last one is the Bloodthirsty Rose, renamed by US distributors as Evil of Dracula. Again, no oh. da- Dracula. This um, is sounding a little bit like um, Full Moon Films and their um, Robot yeah, Jocks trilogy. Charles when, Band like, Productions. Yeah, why none, yes. none, all three of them have so nothing related to each other. There's a website called Maria Reviews and they suggest that those three films were the director Yamamoto's attempt at copying the Hammer films, mm. The Vampire Lovers, uh-huh. Lust for a Vampire, and Twins of Evil. I want these kinds of films to come back. I want to see good mainstream camp. Is that an oxymoron, though? Can you have good mainstream camp? I think it only can hmm. become mainstream after it's become a cult classic. Yeah. I, sort of like Rocky Horror. I think you can have them. good camp. I'm not sure if it can ever be mainstream because then it's sort of... 
not camp, is it? Is it? Well, I, I, don't, I don't think like you can make things fairly campy without you know mm. needing for it to be well with it being mainstream or without it being mainstream. It's a different kind of thing altogether. I'd say mm. it depends on how well the production quality goes and whether it's you know taking the Mickey out of something or whether it is trying to seriously do it and failing. Mm. Mm. That's kind of going to be the definition. So whether it, it you know if it's campy and good. It's you know it's it's a good film if it's you know just bad. <laughs> then the seventies were yeah. nuts for vampire films. Basically, anyway, yeah. I digress. You do nineteen eighty five, Vampire Hunter D, which way, is an animated way. OVA. So that's the first one. First one I could find. Ooh, because we we are talking about Vampire Hunter D a little later in full. Yes, but we are. The fact that that's actually the first one, and that's not technically just a vampire film; it's a futuristic sci-fi vampire mm-hmm. film. Yeah, oh. it's got a lot of. Different it's got a lot in it. Yeah, yeah. My uh, research on the thing found that vampires would appear sporadically in various series, but sort of as like Monster mm. of the Week thing. Kind yeah. of, yes. Um, as various villains or little things to stop the villains. I'm mm. sorry, to stop the heroes. Uh, I believe there was an entire movie about it of on the uh, Doctor Slump thing. Oh, and you know who directed Vampire Hunter D's a 1985 version? No. Toyo Ishida, who worked on Dr. Slump. <laughs> also worked on Tezka's film Cleopatra. Remember that one we talked yeah. about where it's all about... Yeah. Uh, he also worked on Inuyasha and Grenadier. Really? Hey. Yes. I don't, I don't understand how you go from those sort of very occult genres to... But can, can mm. you sort of see... There's a bit of a similarity with the animation. Oh, yeah, 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 those. definitely. Yeah, it's because he got his influence for animation from Dr. Slump. Yeah, well, there you yes. go. So it is actually mentioned as being one of the first animated films specifically ma- aimed at male teens and adults because it's of its graphic depictions of violence. That would be about right, actually. Now, I mean, we, we do have to point out that the... Film we had mentioned, uh, Vampire Hunter D, and we will talk about it in full, but it's not for kids. Mm-mm. Oh, no. Um, and, you know, some yep. of the stuff we're going to talk about, um, because it is Halloween, we're not talking horror elements, so, you know, mm-hmm. raise a, you know, tea for a little bit naughty. <laughs> naughty? <laughs> is that how we're rating things? It's naughty. Well, so t- it's a little t- bit of tea. tea for teen. So <laughs> without the little M15 bit of tea, plus. it's just naught. Yeah, sure. We're just a naught show the We're rest of the time. Um, so this was also reimagined in 2001 by Yoshiaki Kawajiri, who directed a segment called Program in the Animatrix, which you might have seen. Oh, yeah. So this is the reimagining of Vampire Hunter D. Not only that, but there was a uh, similar collection to the Animatrix following uh, The Dark Knight, that Batman series, mm. which was a very similar take. A bunch of different animators animating different stories for that exactly like Animatrix and yeah he also did one for that as well uh, Batman versus Deadshot oh, it was wow. fantastic wonderful he's got quite a distinctive style very contrasting shadows um, 1988 was an OVA and 1997 was an anime called Vampire Princess Mew I know this one that. Yeah. Yeah. she's born of a god demon called Ashinma and a vampire and she is basically a guardian whose purpose is to banish lost Shinma Okay. Yep. So, I mean, th- there's a lot of these films that kind of uh, popped up out of there, but when was kind of the first big series? Was this it? Well, I would... <laughs> it, it, I believe it actually is, was, yeah. Yeah, I think it is. Um, I think everything before that was like, you know, two or three episode OVAs and so on. Yeah, like much. 90, and, yeah, 97 um, was the anime of this one. And a main villain in the original Jojo, I believe. Oh, yeah. yes. We will reach that very shortly. Cause the oh. next one I was going to mention was the 2000 anime Blood, The Last Vampire. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. yes, that one's had like a bunch of different uh, sequels, spin-offs, mangas, live action movies. You see, I, I really do think w- that as soon as we hit 2000, because that's also the time when the Blade films... Mm. were coming out. I loved out. those films. Now, yeah. they did surprisingly well in Japan. Not only really? not only Blade, mm. there was also uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yep. Angel. Mm-hmm. There it, was a lot of vampire It was vampire a big stuff. vampire Sabrina renaissance period. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, does that count? 
I'm not sure if it it's does. It's a cult. It's a cult, but well, I reckon that goes fluffy, towards. But it was still a cult. I reckon <laughs> that goes towards the prior generation, which were pretty obsessed with the occult and angels specifically. Yeah, yeah it's it more, more to do kind of with like um, I guess you could call like the Archie style of comics, like mm-hmm. where it's yeah. you know the, it's you know the wholesome goodness. I think uh, yeah. I think these things sort of go through trends these days. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Vikings for some reason. Yeah. they're everywhere in mm-hmm. entertainment. But yeah, back then for vampires, it was like a huge thing. It mm. was, and I mean we we do see a a lot of from that 2000 point onwards, a lot of vampires appearing in anime. Mm-hmm. I mean, like some of the big examples that come to mind straight away are Lunar Legend Sukumi, mm-hmm. which was based off a game from which we'll discuss in mm-hmm. a bit. That you then have um, Rosario Vampire, which is a few years after that. Mm-hmm. And the trend keeps turning and accelerating until we were getting almost mm-hmm. a vampire show every season. There was one I was quite a fan of in 2005 called Trinity Blood. I don't think mm. I've really shared that one was with you Was this around the time Twilight was big? No, no. This no, no. Is this before. This predates Twilight by a fair way, actually. It does. Because I, f- I feel like Twilight was 2007? I know that the book was released at a, like way back then, but wasn't really popularised uh, until yeah. way and, later. And like, I can let you know that Twilight didn't do very well in Japan. No, um, <laughs> it, it it did distinctly average like what you'd expect of a Western film appearing there, which didn't have a big cult following. I would argue that uh, they had a superior model to it in a series called Vampire Night. Mm. It was a love triangle between a uh, human girl and two lovely, gorgeous, sparkling vampires. <laughs> I recently um, rewatched Twilight. Oh no! Just on a bit of an off. Dun, dun, dun. The production quality for that film is. Look, through the roof. It uh, is stunning. The I, cinematography I is beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. From a cinematic point, from a production point yeah. of view, they did really well for the film. The it's dir- just a shame everything yeah. else that The direction, mm. the script, the editing, all of those just needed to be to tweaked be, to and be it would have been better. To be honest, the acting as well needed to be tweaked. Oh I mean, admittedly, gosh. that does come down yeah. to the directors. They are The people yeah. who are involved the in direct- Twilight aren't bad actors. Yeah. Robert Patterson is a fine actor. Mm-hmm. You see him in like a lot of his other works and he... He knocks it out of the park. Mm. I haven't seen Kristen Stewart in anything else, but I have heard she's good as well. But I would have, like, if I was a director, I would have picked up on a few things. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> Just, I'm not going to mention what they are, but, you know, I the, feel the, like it could have done better than it could have things that could have been tweaked. And you'd think that maybe what happened was because mm. they thought it was going to be such a big success because of the books yeah. that they kind of let the director just have their way with it. So you're saying yeah. that if you were directing it, you'd uh, direct <laughs> yeah, and I'd be I'd be hovering. I'd be one of those annoying hoverers. I'd just be like, mm, no, change that. Oh, what are you doing over here, sound guy? What are you doing over here, editing person? Oh, I'd be all done. over it well, completely. You, but you, you'd be like, no, no, you keep doing what you're doing, 3D effects guy. You're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Choreographing dude, like, you do what you're doing. You're pretty good. Actually, scriptwriter, come here. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, script. Ugh. And like the cinematography for the most part was great. Mm. What I what I felt like didn't work were the, you know, the bit where he saves her from the truck. Sorry, guys, we'll continue with anime in a second, but I just have to get this off my chest. The bit where he saves her from the truck that just suddenly like su- goes to side smash her. Mm. Well, I can't d- say I know because I haven't watched it. it. I've should, just seen bits and pieces. Like the, the way that it was edited, I feel like it could have gotten it across if it was edited to be faster. Like an Edgar Wright sort of fast, uh, like bang, bang, bang. Oh, hang on, what happened? Because that's, you know, if you've ever been in a car kind of crash, like that's a what smog, it's like. A slow sliding truck. You just watch what's happening, and you're like, oh, the truck's sliding. Oh, she's worried. Oh, he's yeah. rocking up. Oh, there's he, he's obviously strong enough to like hold it away from her. But it's it's a it's it's a car crash. So you it don't feels see like, these like happening. the early not... early superhero films where they slow down the action as opposed to having uh, it as quick you shot. Do not get it me was almost on so slow, slow that you could inject a. Well, yep, that's me. I bet you're wondering how I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We we digress. Apologies, listeners. Continuing on. So, Blood, the Last Vampire was adapted into a live action in 2009. Haven't seen that either. Seen bits of it. Quite good. Good production value. Okay. I I have have seen... Because there's Blood Plus... There's that's an anime series which follows it uh, to season one pretty good yeah, yeah. I like it and then there's also there's Blood the Last Vampire Blood Plus Blood C which is not related to either mm. of them but once again is vampire based and came mm. out around the same time yeah 
2006, we saw Helsing Ultimate come out, when which was, followed now, the manga more closely than the previous anime. When was the original Helsing? Because I feel like I watched that when I was getting into my original run of anime. Um, same sort of thing goes with Le- Lunar Legend Sukumi. So mm-hmm. I feel like it was 2003, 2004 I feel like it was ish. potentially even earlier. Because that, that that was a show which, when you went to cons and things like that, everyone was talking about it. It was kind. I remember of a big Helsing deal. abridged. <laughs> oh yeah, because <laughs> I was introduced to it by I think both of you guys. Uh, wait, wait, I've got it here. Uh, the Helsing original anime was two thousand one. Two thousand one. Ah. Okay, so yeah, back back smack bang in that period. Yeah, I remember mm. seeing that on TV back in Margaret River. I, I think, think it was on SBS. Yeah, yeah. so it yeah. was once again in one of those late night anime slots, and mm-hmm. it, it did. It was one of those shows which everyone just kind of seemed to know of it. Mm. And then they mm. brought out Ultimate and everyone was kind of, if you hadn't read the manga, you were kind of like, what is this? Mm. And if you had read the manga, you were like, yes! So <laughs> obviously this list isn't exhaustive. There, no. are, there is, I can't go through all of them, but There's 2009, dozens, yeah. <laughs> Nakamonogatari, Koyomi yeah. Aragi. Aragi <laughs> was just your everyday, average, normal high school student until... Vampires. He gets turned into a vampire. Oh. 2012, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure not only is Dio Brando the world's worst stepbrother, he's a vampire as well. He's yeah, also that, the world's which worst came out of vampire too. Oh, he's such a... Oh, my gosh, Dio. Anyway. You don't say no to Dio. <laughs> you thought you were getting a charming villain, but oh. it was me, Dio. <laughs> 2013. I want to see this because it looks hilariously um, ridiculous. It's called Strike the Blood. Yep. Kojo uh. Akatsuki was, you guessed it, just uh. your everyday average normal high school student until it is revealed. He is a super powerful vampire and he gains a harem. Of course he does. Yeah. So, we, the, Just like that. plenty of others that you can roll off on that have popped up and disappeared because, you know, they, they were kind of done to promote the original material. Like there's Dance in the Vampire Bund, which is... Oh, oh yeah, I remember uh, that. Seraph of the End. Oh, that was... That was we what actually was really quite enjoyed. Sec- uh, next, actually, because I liked that too. And mm. the manga is still ongoing and it's gotten quite far in. It's actually pretty interesting. And I've got something to add as well. Um. Special mention first to Myotismon from Digimon. You what? Myotismon from Digimon. Myotismon. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Digimon monster. Oh, yeah, the vampire Digimon yeah. monster. Yeah, yeah. I almost and forgot And 2019's Arifuretta. Oh, please. <laughs> and we have complained about this show, but I've done a complete 180 on it. It's look, just, it's. I don't know. It's look, just charmed me. Look. I don't know how. Episode nine, that's all I'm saying. Like, <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm actually in the bo- same boat with you. I will see where this goes in season two when that comes out next year. How much of that anime's budget was spent on just yeah, that? Yeah, oh, I know. Oh my gosh, it's just... Oh, I yeah. lo- Like, you can enjoy things because of the, the budgetary constraints. Like, Red Dwarf, perfect example. Yeah. And... It, it still worked with the world building. This is a bit different, though. No. We enjoy it because it's... Bad. <laughs> I'm going to leave this one to you guys. We, we, we will review it for, yeah. uh, on, episode, for on your behalf. Just going to say one thing. There is one area where they did probably break the budget in episode nine. <laughs> just have a watch. Let us know where you think it in was. In the most uncomfortable place they could. <laughs> and that is the end of my inexhaustive list <laughs> of vampire anime. Now, this does bring us to an interesting point because there is so much to talk about that has vampire elements in it. There are shows which have vampires and werewolves and zombies and others in it. But we thought we'd go down the path of exclusively looking at vampire films and series. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the first sort of major vampire film and the books associated, which is Vampire Hunter D. And we're also going to talk about Lunar Legend Sukuhume, which is uh, something to do with the Fate Stay Night series. We didn't actually realise this when we first saw it, but um, we'll explain more in just a minute. Kawaii Radio! I think I watched that as a kid. Oh yeah, I remember that. Back catalogue. Yes, Luna Legend Tsukihime. Um, this is a show which I was found when I was getting kind of right bang into the middle of my uh, love for animation. It was actually one of the first ones you and a bunch of your mates uh, introduced me to when I first uh, got into the city, actually. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's a series which 
I don't know why, but it just has stuck with me. And it's not mm. perfect by no means, but it is. it has got a lot of important From stuff in it. From a game, right? Yeah, and I didn't even realise this till we were researching it. <laughs> so, um, the summary, Lunar Legend Tsukuhime focuses on a young boy named Tonoshiki, and he suffered a life-threatening injury and become able to see death lines on objects and people as a result of this. Now, what are death lines? Now, yeah. if Shiki traces these lines with a sharp object, the person or object they belong to will die or be destroyed. We're talking literally like, you can s- imagine seeing like a grid work of patterns over a chair and you point, you know, cut one of those lines on that chair and the chair disintegrates where those lines are. Ooh. Poor chair. So, yeah, poor chair. <laughs> what, what, I, I miss you, wood chair. You, you, you had my heart inside you. You held I my bum to, for so many years. <laughs> I liked to I've knock on you. <laughs> <laughs> so soon after discovering this power, he's given a special pair of glasses by a mysterious woman, which prevent him from seeing the lines and you know let him live a normal life so he doesn't see them all the time. Yeah. And so he wasn't meant to be able to see these lines. Not necessarily. Um, he's also unable to kind of really remember anything that happened in the time before the accident as well. Mysterious. Um, yeah, very mysterious. Um, the day he moves back to the Tono household, and just to clarify this, he's when he goes through this accident, he's then sent off to live with a family member mm-hmm. um, away. I'm not. Which is his older sister. No, no, that's oh. that's who he comes back to. Oh, right, right. Yeah, because um, it's been a, it's been a while since you've caught it. Um, I've actually got the DVD, so I was like, oh, I'll just have a a little casual <laughs> rewatch of this. Um, so he moves back to the household after his dad dies and his older sister becomes the head of the family um, on the basis, even though he's older. Um, isn't his older or younger sister? I keep forgetting. Older sister. Older sister. E- either way, he, you know, normally in Japanese, it's the male who becomes the head of the household. But because he's sickly, as mm. they say, um, he can't become the head of the household and she's been given that role. Um, so the day he moves back to the household, he stumbles upon a woman named Arquaid Brunstad and kills her in a temporary fit of insanity with one slash of his pocket How knife. old is he at this point? He's second year of high school, so he's 16. Oh, so right. it's that old story then. Boy meets girl, boy kills girl. Girl comes back from the fit. dead and says, you're pretty cool. Do you want to be my bodyguard? What and the? I'm not kidding. So Arquaid <laughs> later reappears alive and well and asks Shiki to be her bodyguard and he begins his journey into the occult world and of vampires. Let me take a stab at the chair here. Uh, Arclade <laughs> is a vampire. Yes. Hence her coming right back after. Yeah. Now that's that's a bit of a funny thing. So the series focuses on two strains of the vampire race. So it's not just, you know, vampires, like noble vampires and vampires who've been turned. You've got the true ancestors who are quite literally another race of beings from humans. They have no direct correlation um, and they are true vampires, the equivalent of noble vampires as you'd have in most of the traditional literature. Why was he carrying a knife? Don't know. (laughs) Boy has issues. Okay. Well, uh, to, to be fair on that question, why was he carrying a knife and then killed a random person? Yeah. True ancestors are a species which has evolved past the point of humanity. They're kind of referred to as like, you know, the ne- a next evolutionary step from a different strain, but they were never human to begin with. You then also have the dead apostles who are humans who have been turned into vampires. Arquaid, from my knowledge, is a true ancestor. So she's technically not human, which explains why she can I'm going to have to watch this yeah. again, starting from the start, because... Mm-hmm. It's ringing a bell. Yeah. I have watched it. You have. I sat you down and forced you to watch it a couple of years back. Yes. Yeah. A couple years ago? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So, so. I'm really going to have to get back into it. <laughs> but anyway, so this is set in the Fate Stay Night universe before the Fate Stay Night universe was even created, before the first Fate Stay Night visual novel game appeared. Fascinating notion if yeah. you think about it. Um, it's originally a visual novel by Type Moon. Um, it uh, came out in late 2000, I think it was December, in yeah, Japan, and, um, and it's never received an official Western release. It was a pretty noteworthy game way back in the it day as well. It was a big well. deal. It has a huge following online. It was online. a big deal. Um, this anime adaptation happened in 2003 by JC Staff, and it also received a manga series which ran for 10 volumes. Um, the art and the music of this show in particular, are very well done considering the time they were done in. The music in particular is of note. Like The quality of it is as high as you would expect from a modern-day animation. Absolutely. Even the staunchest critics of this thing will praise that opening music. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you guys haven't played the game, have you? No, um, but I think I'm going to have to try and track it down. I have researched it. I have read a lot of it. There are some English translations, and I've actually had to take a look, look at a bunch of screenshots and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's pretty involved. It is basically like playing a very 
in-depth novel, there is one scene in particular which is fascinating, which is basically your main character locking himself in his room and slowly going crazy over about a week. Oh, sounds fun. <laughs> well, that's I'm not in the you show. didn't have internet connection. Uh, <laughs> no, this is, uh, well, it's 2003, so we would have had dial-up and his sister would probably keep using the phone. <laughs> a week of only dial-up. Now, <laughs> what, what, uh, now, look. No, no more dial-up noises. Remember that sound. I do remember that noise very It'll well. It'll never leave you. So, look, the, the characters in this show could be better developed, but you're only working with 12 episodes here. And yes. this is where the criticism comes in. And we'll, we'll get to a rather memeish statement which uh, went around regarding it. Now, Arquade the Vampire isn't as fully developed a character as some of us would like, but there's enough there to kind of cement her as the main you know, focus and give you a good idea of who she is. You mean she's missing parts like her head? No. <laughs> she's <laughs> she's pieces on no. That. It's not a way to get ahead in life. But then there's also two other characters, um, Shiki's sister, Akihia, and CL, who's from the church. They both feel like their role in the story is to explain the story rather than be developed as characters. You know what? I actually feel like you've missed out on two characters who I kind of want to draw attention to on the basis that I feel like another anime has ripped it off severely. Okay. Uh, his older sister... Has a pair of maids. Yes. And uh, do we know of another anime wherein... (laughs) Are are these maids (laughs) sisters? They are. They are, in fact, identical twins. Oh. Is there anything that separates them from being identical? Uh, There is the one thing. Uh, One of them dresses in a Western-style maid uniform. The other one dresses in a traditional Japanese-style maid uniform. Mm. Very interesting. And they have a certain um, interesting occult connection as well don't they they have that but it's more mm. I'm thinking, yes exactly <clears throat> that i must have coughed too heavily when i said it earlier oh, I, heard it. <laughs> I heard it i was just reiterating your cough yeah. zero no it must um, be going around so it's, it's, it's very contagious this um but i mean that, that's another kettle of fish altogether um the thing is is that you know for only 12 episodes, there's only so much you can fit in. And when you think about the amount of text in a, a visual novel game, this is we're talking, talking 30 to 50 hours for a single storyline. It's, it's hard to fit that amount of detail into a show. And if you've only got 12 episodes and you're not getting a sequel, you have to do something with it where you focus on you know, at least one character route from the show. Uh, for, I mean, from the game, and then kind of explain everything as quickly as possible without it being, you know, the exposition dance. And that is exactly the source of a particular meme which follows this mm. anime around like a ghost. There is a very vocal group of light novel fans who despise the anime. Mm-hmm. The, for most viewers looking for a 12-episode show, though, this is a good anime. Oh, no, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's the thing. For anyone who isn't a fan of this... This is a very solid show. Its characters are enjoyable. It's a fantastic story and stuff like that. But yeah, of course, you have the fans of the original. And it generated a a meme statement, didn't it? Yes. uh, The meme statement is, the anime does not exist. Yeah. It's simply that uh, they even, uh, even even on Japanese message boards, the Japanese fandom for the uh, original anime will say that this anime... Sorry, for the original light novel. They will say that this anime is a piece of dark history or outwardly advise that there simply is no anime adaptation. You see, that's kind of a bit elitist, isn't it? It is. But, I mean, I feel like it goes back to the old adage that the novel is always going to be better than the movie. Yeah, but, I mean, it's the same sort of thing as, like, manga adaptations to anime. Sometimes you'll get ones that are bang on point. Other times you won't, but they'll still be Mm. good. A prime example is the original Fullmetal Alchemist. The original Helsing, even, as well. Mm. They While they aren't correct to the original content that they're developed from they are fine in they're their own fantastic right. as a standalone product mm. and the, the issue is i think is that i mean obviously we as a western audience didn't get an official release of this game and we didn't realize most of the viewership that this is an anime adapted from that mm-hmm. and because of that from I'll be honest, if you haven't played the game, you won't care. You'll that's, still enjoy it. That's the thing about the game. It has like two entire sides of the story, a bunch of the plot threads, which I feel weren't really explored in the anime itself. Oh, of course. Uh, there is more depth put into them. Like in the last bit, there is suddenly a girl with a sword and you're just like, where, where, did, you, where did you come from? What's, oh, you're that person. What the hell? 
in yeah, the... but I mean, she is hinted in at throughout the show. Like, she does yeah. appear every now and then. You go, okay, what's going on here? There are subtle things, and then there's just stuff like that going on, just like, what? But in the original, that is explored. But there might be a bit of good news for that. Oh. Since around oh, 2016, uh, there has been official concept art floating around for a remake of the graphic novel. Sorry, the uh, visual novel. Yeah, no, but I mean, that doesn't necessarily solve the issue for anime fans. Uh, uh, uh. The uh, thing is that it's hinted that once the studio is done with their long-running Fate Stay Night Grand Order of the Pancake in the lower shelf, <laughs> because that series is reaching a sort of a climax in a way, it's strongly suggested that they will be releasing a two-part series for Lunar Legend, a ah, remake. Oh, a full remake. Uh, okay. It's mostly speculation at this point, but hey, the concept art is there. You okay. mean Fate Stay Grand Order, rubber chicken on a shelf? Uh, yes, I mean Fate Grand Order of the Massive Turkey. Oh, God, here we go again. Yep, I know so anyway. <laughs> Fate Grand Order of the Smiling Vegeta T-shirt. <laughs> Fate is Grand a... Order of the Unopened Sonic... Pop vinyl. Pop vinyl. <laughs> You're just pointing at shelf. things in the room now. Literally. Brick, are you just <laughs> looking at I'm things doing. in the room and saying you love them? <laughs> I, I love lamp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so look, the, for most viewers, for a 12-episode show, this is a good anime. You will enjoy the actual run of it, the way it presents characters. If But probably the most reasonable review I've spotted online anyway for it was on my anime list. Um, and it's the top-rated one for a very good reason. For, it says, if you are a huge Tukahime buff and want to know everything about it, then you won't like the anime. Fair enough. But if you just want to get in and enjoy a decent anime that won't bore you to death with details, watch the anime. Mm -hmm. Which is true. It is a show which covers the content quickly, it develops characters, it sets a very unique tone, um, which was then mirrored in many shows afterwards. And... You know, it, it will always, for me, it's always going to have a special place in my heart because that connected me to uh, a different side of animation that we didn't really see up until that point. Absolutely. As I mentioned, it was like one of the first proper ones which I was shown by you guys when I first came up here. And yeah, I feel like it contributed to my education on the subject. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's a pretty wacky kind of adventure, the whole thing. I guess the final thought is quite simply, if you're looking for a visual novel, play the damn game. Mm -hmm. You know, If that's what you're after, then go play it. It's there. I mean, the uh, anime itself has made me interested to know what it is all mm. about. Oh, so absolutely. maybe I'll explore that some other time. So but it's done its job. I mean, you're never going to get a faithful anime uh, adaptation of a visual novel because it is literally a choose-your-own-adventure. There are different paths and stories. You can't please everyone. You <laughs> no, know? tell us if we're wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's true. Yeah. Like, imagine trying to adapt one of R.L. Stein's Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure um, ones. Oh, well, there was a movie not so long ago, a redo, and sorry, a uh, live action of the board game Cluedo. Oh, yeah. yeah. That had Tim Curry in it as I the butler. I heard about that. And that uh, had a thing where it would end, and then a black screen would come up saying, well, it could have ended that way, or it could have ended this way, and they would play alternate endings. Oh, yeah, really? absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's I mean, fantastic. That, that works for something where there are alternate endings. You've got alternative entire storylines here. Like, you know, we, we are talking bran branching dialogue. This would be like trying to turn Mass Effect Ooh. franchise into a film. You're not going to please everyone with the way the character interacts and yeah, behaves. You have to tell short stories. Exactly. Precisely. So if, if that's what you're after, play the, the visual novel. That's what it is there for. This is designed as a different medium and a different storytelling style. You can't be annoyed if that's the case so you know if you're disappointed with it fine don't watch it <laughs> or reimagine it like they did with vampire hunter d yes that's another kettle of fish altogether and we'll talk about that right after this kawaii fire radio we'll be there on time just 20 minutes of ads cinema club Ah, uh, yes. Cinema Club. That the club old where time. we go to the cinema and wait 20 minutes before we can do something. And it generally is late. consistently 20 it minutes. Is. Yeah. So we're talking just... about Vampire Hunter D. And the first one, of course. The first one. Well, the light novel, the first one, the sequel, which isn't quite a sequel, <laughs> but a reimagining mm. and a retelling. This, I didn't realise how deep this show was and how historically wait, you know, tired it is. Wait, I'm lost. You have to go back. What? <laughs> <laughs> 
ignoring Kenny, uh, Vampire <laughs> Hunter D um, originated as a series of light novels written by Hideyuki Kikuchi and illustrated by Yoshitaka Amano. Is his name D because he's a dumpier? Yes, I believe uh, so. Mm-hmm. And that started in 1983. Now, I think we mentioned earlier, 1985 was, was the, the OVA. OVA. Well, OVA slash film because it is an hour 40. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it hour 40 or hour 20? It's it's over an hour and a half. We'll put it that way. Um, cause Extensive. I, I watched it again last night and I was like... I haven't watched this before. I've watched the um, I've watched Bloodlust, which is the mm-hmm. the reimagining. Now, insofar as like the original novels are concerned, we are looking at thirty one visual novels, some comprised of as many as four volumes. Whoa! Uh, including the supplemental volume, uh, that makes for a total of forty four published. Then there is the two animated films, an audio drama, manga adaptations, audio art book, drama. and oh yeah, for like radio, oh. and a supplemental guidebook. To actually tell you how to actually explore that whole mess. Now, ju- just to clarify, when Kenny was saying um, visual novels, he actually means light novels. Uh, yes, yes. Um, I'm sorry. I'm still but confused by 44 volumes over 31 stories is huge. Oh, yeah. So that, that's, what, 31 story lines, and then some of them they've spread out. Far it's, out, this goes it's a, a pretty, lot um, yeah. deeper than I thought it It's a pretty involved kind of a plot. There is like a whole lot of story to this. Mm -hmm. We're basically looking at um, like a Japanese, I don't want to make the comparison to J.K. Rowling, but like this is a huge long series. Mm. And um, I went looking to see if I could actually find some of the uh, light novels in the English translation. Mm -hmm. I've got some terrible, terrible news. Well, Viz Media did have some for a while, but they've only done the prequel series. Uh, no, uh, if you go to Amazon and Audible, you'll find the whole damn lot. What? Yep. Oh. And as, as in, like, in physical or only digital? Uh, only digital. Only so digital. Kindle okay. available, but uh, that's... That's a lot. Yeah, that is terrible news for me because I've already got enough to watch and read, <laughs> damn it. And having actually read the plots for all of these things, I really want to know more. They do sound really interesting. I mean, to date there is, what is it, 26 novels that have been published in English since 2005, which is conveniently only a few years after that second film came out as mm. well. So that must have obviously generated the interest and the demand. Now, going back to the first film, we should probably uh, give yeah. the listeners an idea of the story. So Vampire Hunter D... Um, He's a dampier. He's a dampier, which is half human, half vampire. Half human, half vampire. It is hinted at, suggested, that he is the son of one Dracula Tepesh and Mina Harker. Yeah, so um, this is... uh, I love the fact that, you know, if you look on Wikipedia or Anime List or anything like that, it's like, it's a cult classic. It totally is, though. It is. Like, it's got a very dedicated following. Um, So, it's a dark sort of sci-fi future... Is it dystopian? Yeah, I feel it, like is it is. Pretty, it is. Like, it's, uh, no one seems happy to live there. <laughs> that's, that's not the definition of dystopian. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. In both of the it movies, seems... you will see a theme that there are destroyed buildings. There's mm. like ancient Greek kind of structures in some places, and there's also very, very like neo-Victorian mm. kind there's of like build, And then there's like some skyscrapers chucked in there somewhere as well. Yeah, like well. you see like parts of a skyscraper in a valley almost as if they are meant to be the spike of the mountain in mm. the valley, but they're actually just a derelict building. And it's, it's these little details that just make you look at it and go, what the heck happened here? I must read the novels. Mm. So the story of this one is that a young girl is bitten by a vampire. Ooh. So she is going to turn into one of them any day now. So she hires a bounty hunter. And one of the roughest, toughest, rootinous, tootinous bounty hunters there is, <laughs> is vampire is a vampire hunter, the dampier, on, known only as D. Which, you know. The D. With modern <laughs> vernacular. <laughs> oh, there, are, there are problems there. You had to take it there. The, what I find I made so many jokes when I was watching this. Sorry. Her, her name is Doris Lang, right? Mm-hmm. And she keeps going on about how things aren't as bad. And it just takes me straight back to um, Westworld and Dolores <laughs> going, oh. I like to see the beauty in things, oh. the disarray. <laughs> I'm just like, and, and now she's going to go off and murder someone, right? <laughs> wonder if there was a connection there. Like, I if there was inspiration there. Because oh, cool. there's a very Western feel to a lot of this world. There, there is. is. Mm. And I, I really like the fact as well that they address. 
the fact that this is a world where hunters are a commonplace thing um, and they have specialisations. Yes. Like a werewolf hunter her father was as opposed to a vampire hunter or a ghoul hunter or anything else. Yeah, like the destroyed mm. world hints that something big has gone down and humans have the capability and the knowledge for killing these kind of monsters. Bounty hunters are present to hunt down these creatures. And and ooh. that's what she wants him to protect her from, yeah? Uh, yes. Uh, any creatures that might want to... Not what? only to protect her, but to kill the vampire that bit her, because if he will kill her... They have to her, come back to finish the job, do they? Uh, it's that there's a sort of a time limit on it. If you are bitten by a vampire, then you have a short amount of time to kill the vampire that bit you. And if yes. you do that, the curse is reversed. Mm. Ah. I found it quite interesting as well because it shows a lot of awareness of the mythos around vampires. Like It's it's not like some of the ones we see in recent years. Prime example, Vampire in the Bun... Uh, Dance in the Vampire Dance in the Vampire Bund. Yeah. It's just like, it just kind of went with whatever and it's like, I could feed on you and everything's fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like, if I get some blood in me, I can regrow limbs and I have superpowers. Yeah. And, yeah. It, that's not how it works. Vampires have come a long way from the original lore. I believe running water was a weakness for vampires yeah. at some point. Actually, which which I always find hilarious when you had a look at Count Dracula and it's like he's up on a hill and then you have a look at the original version, it's just a hill. If you have a look at the modern version, it's a hill over a lake and it's like, oh, that would be bad for him. Take <laughs> <laughs> not swimming. There's actually a whole thing in uh, the recent Castlevania series on Netflix, the uh, anime, mm -hmm. where the vampires are actually like this big council of all these powerful mystical vampires are in a room having an argument with each other on whether that's actually a thing, on whether they actually are affected by running words. It's just like, so have you tried it? Well, no, I don't want to risk my life, uh, unlife. Like, <laughs> yeah, how do you find out? Well, you find out your mate died. He said, James, can you go down and get some water from the well? Sure thing, man. Hey. Ah, he died. <laughs> and now you know. <laughs> but so with the, um, I, I noticed some interesting design um, mm. notes, notes, shall we say. So... I saw that a number of the male antagonists reminded me of the main antagonists from Castle of Cagliostro. It, they were very the, the similar. Loop in the film. Yeah. yeah. Yes, the antagonist is called uh, Count Magnus Lee, and yes. I actually have a bit of things for that. His name is an homage to Christopher Lee, <gasps> who played Dracula in I the aforementioned Hammer films. I thought there were Hammer influences in this film. Oh, Absolutely. that's so good. I think there's, there's also like you know lots of unique side characters like I, I was so I, I saw the um the son of the mayor and I just went you definitely belong in a Jojo's Bizarre Adventure film. <laughs> so much so. <laughs> like, his, it was dear all along. Of course the character design is done by the legendary Amano who people might know as the concept artist for a lot of Final Fantasy games and he has Mm. illustrated the covers for all the vampire novels and a bunch of other things, including Speed Racer, I oh. think. <clears throat> My mum once met Christopher Lee. Oh, humble brag. Humble brag. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that is amazing. It was at a horse show somewhere in England and oh. he's really, he was that tall. Yeah. And he was an absolute gentleman. He is okay. a man that blocks out the sun. <laughs> and does metal covers of Christmas tunes. Oh my gosh, if you haven't listened to those, you need to look them up. What? They're I all on we, YouTube. We, should, we, 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 should, can, yeah. we, we will not be playing them I because we have enough trouble with For just Christmas our covers we will. getting copyright For striked. Christmas, we'll Thank just you, play Randy. it throughout <laughs> wherever we are spending Christmas. Jingle and bells, oh, that voice. <laughs> um, yes, so also... The noble Lady Lamika. I mm. thought that her design was quite similar to the child to Kyoko from Akira. Ah, That's what she was vibe a bit very sort similar of sort of look. Yeah. Um, what, what year was Akira again? It was 87? 87, yes. 87. So two years. Uh, so the manga would have been out for the manga around was the same already time. out. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So there we go. But I felt like. So there was this. I was talking to Kenny about this earlier. There was a film I watched years ago, this really bad film. It was um, a Romanian production called Hideous. Okay. And you know how in Gremlins, you, you know, you meet the human cast first and then all of a sudden, like out of note, like to the side, like mm. they sort of start bubbling up and appearing. Same sort of thing. And at some point, there was some soft core elements to this film, and I felt that like that was similar mm. in Vampire Hunter D. There's some. It's not. Re, it's not for children. No, definitely not. Um, there are some interesting moments in it. Yeah, th 
there's I think it uh, really interesting. What was the um, original Japanese serpent um, you mentioned? Ah, oh, the Nureyona. Yeah. Yes, there are three the, of those. There are three of them that appear in the the film mm. at some mm. point. They, and I was like, they call them Medusas. And I think they, that's a translation error because mm, we don't have be. an equivalent. Yeah, I would. We if we we need to watch it again mm-hmm. and listen to how they describe them because they've described them as sirens or and as Medusas mm. in the um, translated yeah. subtitles. Um, I'd like to, because they look like they the do. They look exactly like Nureana. the traditional. The whole thing about the presence of those kind of adultish themes and stuff like that is that this is supposed to be a take on the kind of the Hammer horror films, and yeah. it's supposed mm. to have the kind of the uh, gothic horror feel to it, like mm. old gothic kind of paintings, which featured that stuff very yeah. often. That's its mm. own kind of history class in itself. Oh, Can absolutely. recommend. I think you guys should watch it. Um, watch eighty five and then two thousand and one reimagination. Mm-hmm. Um, different, very different art very style. Different art styles. Oh yeah, uh, both. The director, when uh, people saw the eighty five one and said, "Oh, that was great. We want more." The director was like, "Oh, good. I actually kind of want to make another one." The first one looked a bit cheap for me. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. Really? Okay. Yeah. Fair also, enough. something of note for the original one: the uh, main three characters, so mm. um, Doris and her brother and D. D. Doris, Dan. Everyone's name starts with the letter D. D. D, 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 D. D, D, And it's just so <laughs> silly watching it. And you go, oh, he's a D as well. Uh, I'm, just ima- I'm just imagining the Dr. Pepper ad, you know, is, but instead of he's a D, a he's a D, a she's a D, a two, a D, a two. D, a two. <laughs> I feel like this is going to degenerate into D Slinging. drama. <laughs> so how about we move on? Yes, we should. So look, if you can catch the original 1985 version, we haven't been able to find anywhere that it's streaming, at least on our end but mm. you can find it in a lot of old video stores a lot mm-hmm. of old anime retailers still do have the DVD which you can get hold of and it's a good hour 20 of your time the DVD 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 mm. with, <laughs> with bricks and mortar video DVD stores yeah. they, are, they are running out they are becoming more rare so give them your Business. Yeah. Give them your money. <laughs> Support your, your local business. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway we should wrap up because we have reached that time again Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Next episode, we are going with Studio Ghibli, finally heading to a streaming service. It's time to have an in-depth look at where this award-winning studio came from. It's our first Studio in Focus episode, and the house Miyazaki built is in focus. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. And of course, there'll be more fans of, I mean, Kawaii Quest. Ah, uh, Misato approves. Don't forget to head over to our Facebook page <laughs> for breaking anime news and videos. You've been listening to Kawaii Radio. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, watch, watch some, some anime! anime.